Hi, this is Guy Kawasaki. Hi, this is Gideon Shelwick here. My name is Farnoosh Brock. And you're listening to Learning with Leslie. Learning with Leslie. This is Learning with Leslie. 888-835-2414. This is Learning with Leslie. And welcome to another episode of Learning with Leslie, the podcast where you learn, I learn, we all learn about how to build an online business with a blog. No, I'm not talking about one of those blogs that will fall by the wayside when Google has a mood swing. I'm talking about one that will thrive no matter what gets thrown at it. I'm your host, Leslie Summer from becomeablogger.com, where we're changing the world one blog at a time. And as usual, I have another exciting episode for you today. In today's episode, this is episode 201, I'm going to be answering your blogging questions. Here's the thing, you know, one of the most valuable parts of what I've built in the Become a Blogger University is our live Q&A sessions that we do at least once a month. Members come on there with their questions and we go through them one at a time. They ask all their questions and I try to answer them. The members of the community answers them also. Um, So I decided to pull out some of those questions and share them because if they have those questions, you might just have the same questions. So we're going to be answering questions. That's what we're going to be talking about today. So like I, I mentioned, the, the Q&A sessions that we do, I really enjoy them. I I mean, when I, when I started the university, I thought that the thing that I would enjoy the most is the, um, the, the the live courses that we do. We do courses on all kinds of topics, like we did one recently on um, uh, setting up your blog sales funnel. And before that, we did on creating uh, presentations, the slides for the videos that I do, like my screencast. How do you go about doing that? How do you structure it and all those things? And we had a number of topics, blog monetization, traffic generation, all kinds of stuff within the university. And I thought, because I love teaching so much, I thought that that is that's really going to be where the value is and yes it is valuable it's extremely valuable but what i noticed is that the live q and a sessions are really it, it kind of takes things to the next level because it's not something that I make. It's not something that's prepackaged. It's the members come on. They have a specific thing that they're dealing with. Maybe they've been dealing it with it for the last week or the last month or whatever the case might be, and they can't make it past that step because they don't know exactly what to do. And that's exactly what those Q&A sessions do. We, you can come on there. You can ask your questions. So what I really wanted to do because... You know, I I don't even know how many questions we have cataloged in there, but each question I catalog um, by the question and you can go in there and you can watch the video of the answer. You can see those of us that are in the room and talking and people giving input and so on. And I want you to get a feel for that. And there are a lot of questions that come up over and over again. Now, what I did is I kind of went through and I looked through a bunch of the questions and I um, pulled out a few. I pulled out actually seven different questions from the university that people have asked on these live calls. And and the questions really range in topic from video hosting to creating LLC to um, um, when you can start promoting to um, how do you get the right thing to show up in Google when someone searches, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so what I'm going to do, this is not going to be 
a lot of me recording right now. This is past stuff that I've already recorded. So I'm going to just go into these calls, uh, go into these questions. And what you'll hear is the individual in the university asking the question, me giving answers, and sometimes other members chiming in to help out um, so that we can have a, a well-rounded answer uh, to the question. So that's what I want to do. If you want to find out more about the university, you can find out more at, at um, becomeablogger.com slash the university. Um, so without further ado, let's dive into the first question and we'll just go from there. We'll, I'm just going to play it as if it was a Q&A session that's going on right now. So you'll hear the first question, first answer, second question, second answer, and so on and so forth. You ready? I hope you are. Let's go. We're talking about hosting um, videos, and you, you you mentioned a hosting company. Was it Libsyn for hosting videos? Yeah. No, I, I Vimeo. Do it. Vimeo is the one that I use for hosting videos. Yeah. Um, and we talked about Amazon S3, but for just uploading the the files, and then if you wanted to put them into a protected area, yeah, where obviously you want to password protect them, and people can't get the uh, the URL and then share them off to some other site somewhere like that. Have you got anything that you would use there? Yeah, Vimeo. Vimeo. Yeah. So what Vimeo allows you to do, um, it allows you to say, when I upload, a, actually, I can show it to you so you can see exactly what mm -hmm. I am referring I've, to. I've looked at Vimeo, but I haven't got past the sort of, uh, just the sort of public offering. I haven't really gone onto the professional side of it and seen what's behind the scenes. Yeah. So let me show you what's behind the scenes right now. Um, so can you see my screen now? Yep. Okay, so this is the beta member tour, right? And when I come yeah. to this video, you can see it's private. And the way it's yeah. private is if I come here to my settings yeah, um, and I go to privacy, I can say here, um, uh, I don't want this video to be embedded anywhere. I don't want it anywhere and nowhere. What's the difference between those two? Anyhow, yeah. <laughs> regardless... I don't want it anywhere, and I don't want it nowhere. Um, but here, this is the option. Only on sites I choose. And then I have some sites that I own and sites that I partner with. So when you, if I try to embed that video somewhere else, even if somehow I'm e able to sneak the code away um, by looking at the page source and grabbing the code and, you know, I'm going to steal his videos, and I try to embed it on my site, it's going to show up there with a lock and saying, this person does not have permission to run this video. Right. So you're not able to see it. Yeah, I also see it's got a password on there as well. Yeah, you so can make you... it so that in order to press play and see the video, they have to actually type in a password into the video. So obviously, if you're selling um, your membership courses and things like that, which are all video, mm -hmm. are you selling them uh, or, or doing them via Vimeo or through another hosting company? I do everything via Vim Vimeo. Because Vimeo. What, Vim what Vimeo does is this right here, but also it yeah. has video files. If I come here to video files, um, yeah. I can get the direct download URLs for the HD, for the standard definition, mobile version, everything. I can just copy this here and then yeah. link to that within my members area. And then, of course, my members area is protected um, so yes. that only people with the username and password can get in to play the videos or to download it. Right, right, okay, yeah. So basically, Vimeo is the, the answer there. Yeah, it, the two, in my mind, there are two options. Vimeo Pro, well, three options really. YouTube, unlisted, but that's not very secure. Um, yeah. But it's free, 
Vimeo yeah. Pro that you pay. I don't know if it's $10 a month or whatever the case might be. Um, and then there's Wistia. Wistia is like the Rolls Royce of, um, <laughs> of video streaming because of the detailed analytics that it gives you. Um, and that's very useful, but it's also very expensive. Yeah, you're um, saying it, but it come down a bit. It was $25. But I suppose, are you limited to the number of videos that are shown or the bandwidth? Uh, you are limited in terms of the bandwidth. And once you start, it, start with, you know, if you get a significant amount of downloads, you're going to spend a lot of money. But I just want to show you um, why. Oh, this is not my account. This is someone else's account. So let's go to wistia.com and log in. Let's log out of that one. Um all right, so I, ha I do have a free Wistia account, and with that free Wistia account, you get a few plays, and I just got an alert yesterday um, that um, I'm exceeding my bandwidth by tomorrow, hey, this is so, Wesley, so I need to um, either upgrade or <laughs> leave. Um, right. So if I come here to stats, what's good about it is it literally shows you how how, how people are spending time on your on your video are they dropping off YouTube analytics yeah. yes but much more detail look i can look down to the individual and see you know right, where yeah. exactly they are dropping off um yeah. So it gives you more details. It gives you the ability to do a lot of fancy things that Vimeo doesn't do. But, you know, Vimeo is just great for it still. And there's no limit on video on Vimeo for the amount of bandwidth you can use? There is a limit, but I have not been able to to reach anywhere close to that limit. Yeah. I, know, I know there's these fair usage policies they have, but they obviously don't usually show you what that actually is, whether it's like, 100 gigabytes or a terabyte a month or whatever. It's yeah, only when you get yeah. something ridiculous, they say, oh, you're approaching your limit now. Well, yeah. If you don't tell me what it is, how do I know what the limit is? <laughs> well, I can tell you I've had a significant amount of streaming and downloads, um, especially when I've done some bigger launches in the past, and I've yeah. never met, reached close to any any kind of limits with Vimeo. Right, right. So there's not, really, not a, a limit for what we would consider. Exactly. Um, that sort of thing yeah exactly okay. and i had i had for become a blogger premium it was like 70 videos um mm. so it, i never ran into any problems right right okay yeah and obviously the longer the longer the videos the bigger the bandwidth will be but if we've only got a, a reasonable yeah. membership then you're still going to have a small bandwidth anyway exactly Correct. Mm. Right. okay then. i have a question yes this is lucy yes awesome um, in thinking in the future, I want to do webinars and to help parents with teaching their children to read. And I'm wondering, I'm worried about what if someone could sue me about my advice. Is just having the disclaimer that people say, is that enough or do I have to become an LLC or am I worrying too much? That's a great question. Great question. So having the disclaimer is step number one. That's the most, imp well, not the most important, but that is important. Um, in terms of the L that disclaimer, as long as you're saying by participating in such and such, you agree not to hold me liable for 
XYZ, whatever those specific concerns you are. And I'm not offering necessarily legal advice. That's someone that you want to speak, something you want to speak to a professional about. But based on my experience, that's what I would say. Number one, have that disclaimer. And if you have that disclaimer and you can you can point out clearly that um, uh, uh, by taking part in this webinar, this person agreed that they would not do this, then it would be really hard for them to win in court. That's number one. Um, once again, not legal advice. Number two, the LLC. What that does is it 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 does set up a, a layer of protection so that if you guys, if you say, you know what, this become a blogger thing, it made me suffer a lot of what's the not pain and torture, but I forgot what to call it. <laughs> suffering. Yeah, pain and suffering. suffering. Pain and torture. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> pain that and works. suffering it, it affected my family in a negative way i'm gonna go after him for all he has if i have an llc all you can go after me for is what is owned by that llc that's why it's called a limited liability company all right so by setting that up you're setting up that layer of protection where they can't come after your personal assets only what belongs to the company um so the whether you need to do that or not that just all depends on what you're trying to accomplish with the business. Now, I did a podcast episode on this with the person that set up my LLC for me. Um, I don't know if you heard that one, but it's with a guy. His name is Mike Montali. And yeah, that, I listened to that. Oh, yeah, so that kind of goes into the differences and whether you want to consider doing an LLC or such and such. That goes beyond, you know, what I would go into in this um, in this um, Q and A session, um, because that goes more into legal advice and that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, that's a general idea. Disclaimer: important. I have a disclaimer at the bottom of my blog, so you, um, I don't even remember what's all in there. But I got a standard disclaimer that protects me from the basic things. I have a privacy policy, and I have terms there, and that is important in that you can demonstrate, hey, by using this website, this person agreed to these terms. This person was supposed to be aware of this disclaimer. I guess my fear is being a teacher for so long, parents often threaten to sue the district. And so, but that's different because they're paying a kid, a kid in a district has, is, um, it's free. Yeah. So they could, that's a service that's that's supposed to be given to them. But I guess I'm protected because they're buying a service for me and it's not something that's just that they're that I'm obligated to give them. Exactly. Is and when they right? when when they're purchasing, they're agreeing to certain terms if those terms are there. And that right. sets up that layer of protection. Thank you. You're very much welcome. All right. <laughs> well, I mean I've got some basic questions, but uh, all right, so I just I'm getting started. And I've got probably, like I was telling Roger earlier, I've got about six posts, nice. <laughs> which is not a lot. No, but that's good. When, I, haven't, I haven't told anybody about this website yet and what I'm doing. At what point do I have enough content on there that I can say, hey, you know, and broadcast this out to people on a Facebook page or something to say, hey, I'd love for you to check it out. Yesterday. How much content do I need? You said you have six posts? Yes. Go. Go. Uh, that's enough. Go forth. Go forth. Go forth, it's my just, son. There's, there's just not a lot. I, I mean, am. I am releasing you into the wild. You may now start <laughs> this journey of marketing your blog. 
right honestly i think you have three pieces of content you have you have enough to it, right. you have enough to provide value and quite frankly you have one piece of content you have enough to provide value I'm not really big on, okay, I have to have a bunch of content before I put it out there. No, you're building this as you go. So you have a blog post, you have something you can share. Okay. That's, yeah, that's, that's what I'm looking to do. I just, I didn't want to put it out there with, you know, no, I'm not having it. I'm all about no putting. Rules. I'm I'm all about putting it out there. Um, okay. Maybe a little too much about putting it out there. So uh, I I'm I'm all for it. Like like you know I just did my 200 episode and we look back at episode number one. Episode number one was like, <laughs> hey, I'm starting this podcast. I don't know what it's gonna be called, but I hope it's gonna be awesome. <laughs> you know, and then you kind of grow over time. Let let your audience grow with you. Okay. When I go to, when I open up Firefox and I type in become a blogger, my search shows up, become a blogger, start a blog, change the world. If you're looking to complete training on how to start a blog, et cetera, et cetera, uh -huh. right? So when I open up the kitchen girl, when I go to Firefox and type in the kitchen girl, it says Italian sausage tomato soup. Would you believe a hearty blah, 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 blah. So where am I not getting my metadata correct to make that a static yeah. um, description? So that's actually in your Yoast SEO settings. Um, and um, let me, maybe if I can go into mines right now, I can tell you. And I'm asking this because Roger and JJ, you guys need to do this too. Being, well, and I don't know about Angela and Cherie, but... You, I know you guys being as new as you are. Right. I, <laughs> I, I do have right, Yoast, right there with I don't you. know where I, I, I did that, but I have the Yoast plug-in, and I've, most of my, my blog posts are either like, what is it, orange or yellow and green. and green. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I, somehow in there, I think in the Yoast, you're right, it says yep. so the, a little space. So where you're going to go is you're going to go into the Yoast plug-in, and you're going to go to titles and metas. Mm -hmm. And then it's gonna cool. you it's gonna take you to a general page where you can set a number of things. But then you wanna you can look at the home tab, and mm -hmm. then it asks you for the title template. So I have become a blogger, start a blog, change the world, and then I have cool. the meta description template, and that's where I have if you're looking for blah blah blah. So once you yep. go into those settings, um, you should be fine to 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 make that work. Sweet. Uh, last week we touched on sort of the building sort of a YouTube channel and then trying to sort of obviously get them from YouTube onto your blog mm -hmm. with a call to action in the video, Correct. which is fine. That's sort of going okay. Um, I haven't actually got the free content yet to actually give out. Uh -huh. working, working on that. Um, but at the moment, the subscriber base is building up. And the problem is, there's like, uh, I mean, last time it was 900 and something, 20, that's 1,050 or something. So it's creeping up gradually. But it's a case of, I've got this sort of reservoir of people which is getting larger and larger. What's the best way to try and get those people who obviously have seen your video and they're not necessarily going to be coming back and watching it again and again, mm -hmm. to go to your site? Is it direct messaging them? Um, just saying the message come and see our new free piece of information or whatever, something like that. Um, obviously, you've had you've got a large number of subscriber base. Have you tried sort of direct messaging your 
uh, YouTube subscriber base to try and get them to go to your blog. You know, when I saw that question in the, the chat box, you actually reminded me of some of the things that I was doing that I actually forgot about. <laughs> um, but when I, when I was growing my channel, I was, I was hustling. Um, when someone subscribed to my channel, I used to li literally reach out to them and send them a message thanking them so much for subscribing to my channel. Um, and then I would have a call to action even in that if I have this cool free resource that I've put together and you can um, head on over to this page and get access to it. Right. In the beginning, yeah. I literally did that with everyone. Um, and I didn't even remember that I was doing that until I, I saw your question. I was like, yeah, I did do that. I reached out to them that way. Uh, when people commented on my YouTube channel, I would um, check to see that they're subscribed. And if they're subscribed, then I would send them a message and say, hey, I saw you watch this video on such and such and such. Um, I have so much more on that that I think could really help you. And you can find it over here. That's right. something that I did. So. Everything that I did to drive traffic back to my site was this. Number one, I had the URL in the description. Number yeah, two, I had the URL in the video. Number three, I said it at the beginning and I said it at the end. And I let them know specifically what they're going there for. Number four, I sent them messages directly um, based on what I saw they commented or the, sim the simple fact that they subscribed. And I offered them some more value, uh, bringing them back to the website. Those were all of the things that I did in terms of driving traffic back. And it, it really did make a difference. Now, which one exactly made the biggest difference? I don't know. I was just doing them all because I saw them all as ways to get people back to my website. Right, yeah. I mean, obviously now we've got Google+. Plus. And yeah. obviously, you can get people into your circle. So you, yeah. if you've got your circle, you can then add them. Uh, the problem I find with that is that if you've got people which are coming in at um, sort of any time, they can be added on, you can't see who was the last person who was uh, subscribed and who could then go back to and try and add to a circle. You've just got yeah. a huge subscriber list. You've got to literally go through manually. But as it's getting yeah. bigger and bigger, it's becoming, it's not practical to do that. Well, one of the things that you can do, um, I know, uh, and this was a feature they added maybe, a, uh, I don't know how long ago, but you can go in there and see who your top fans are. Do you know about yeah, that feature? Yeah. Well, that's yeah. only just become available because I've got over a thousand subscribers now. Ah, so okay. the fan only appears if you've got over a thousand. Okay. Yeah. So now that, that is one way of doing it. And then you can stay engaged with them on Google Plus, And then, of course, mm -hmm. you're redirecting them back to your blog. So that's another avenue that I didn't have when I was actively growing yeah. my biology channel. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah that's, a, that's, that's, a, that's another great feature that you can use. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Good. Okay. And just forgive me. The difference between a squeeze page and a sales page. A squeeze page is I am just trying. I know it's a lot of terms. It's, it's fine. A squeeze okay. page is I want to get your email address. It's an opt-in offer. Exactly. And it's a page because there's nothing else on the page. It's, it, well, it's a page because it's a page. <laughs> Um, but it's a squeeze page because it has one focus to get you to opt into my email list. Got a it. Sales, okay. Which, sales page has one focus to get you to buy. Buy, buy my stuff. Yes. Okay, got it. Sherry, I think it was Sherry, think of it this way. <laughs> the way I first learned it, a squeeze page is simply to squeeze, squeeze the person them. to give them, give you their email. 
Okay, good. There you go. Squeeze it. Yes. All right. No, I think what was throwing me off because there's the opt-in offer that sits on whatever your page is. The yeah. website is on the widget, so I just the the names were not, you know, landing. Squeeze page is an opt-in page. And just, landing page is the page you land on. Meaning, if it could I be any to, of those pages. Landing page is a generic term for the page that you land on. And that page you land on might be the page to get your email address, which is your squeeze page. It could be the page to get your credit card out and give me some money, which is your sales page. Okay, got it. Not really, not really understanding how I create autoresponders. This, what this question has to do with email. I'm using um, MailChimp. Okay. And I have... Um, 20 something subscribers on my email list uh -huh. and I've and I've been very bad about not sending out any correspondence except okay. for this automatic thing that they get when they when I have a new blog post that comes out okay so um, does MailChimp not order not offer autoresponders is that Am I when I do I am I hearing that right when are I you, are you using the free version of Mailchimp or the paid yes. version? Yes. On the yes, free I version am. of the, on the free version of Mailchimp, you do not have autoresponders. No. That's what I thought. Okay. So what that means is if I want to if I want to get in touch with you know my uh, my newsletter sign up my newsletter person um, subscriber every you know, first in three days and another seven days and another week from then, if I want to do all that, I have to, it just means I have to manually do that, correct? Uh, no, because you can't manually do that. Uh, oh. the, here's the thing, right? Because it, if someone signs up today and someone signs up next month, you're keeping mm -hmm. track of all of these individual people. And, and I don't think, I don't know that you can send to individuals within MailChimp. So if if the autoresponder sequence thing is something you want to do, you have to pay for that service. I don't I don't know of any that does that for free. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I have a MailChimp for my church. Uh -huh. We use the free we use the free version, and no, there's no uh, autoresponder option in there. And our list is it's under the two thousand or or no, it's under two thousand emails that you can send for free. Yeah. And um. And so, yeah, we don't. There's no, there's no autoresponder that that we've been able to use for that. Yeah. Okay. So if I want, so I ha so paying for it, understandable. That's fine. Um, but is there another service that you recommend, or should I stay with Mailchimp while I have my, you know, pretty small list at the moment? But I love every one of those people. <laughs> <laughs> no, I hear you. Um, <laughs> In terms of what I recommend, I recommend GetResponse. I think they're okay. the best in that price range. That's mm -hmm. number one. And number two, mm -hmm. that's what I use and that's what I'm creating all of the training videos for. Um, I don't, I, I, MailChimp, honestly, if I, if I know, if somebody came to me today and they were just trying to get started, they didn't have money to spend on it, I would tell them go to MailChimp. Um, right. But then, Eventually, I would probably tell, not I would probably, I would definitely tell them to migrate over to get response because I know that the features there are better. And that's, <laughs> what, I, that's what I can help the most with. Okay. Becomeablogger.com slash get response. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Um, but yeah, that, cool. that, 
I I just logged into a Mailchimp account that I have access to, but I don't. I think this is no. This one is a paid one. So yeah, I do have the autoresponder messages in that, but that's more of a paid service. Okay. And you used to use Mailchimp, right? No, I just did. I just did it as um, just to test it oh. out and to see what the features are and how to use it okay. and so on. Because I I want to make a decision being informed, not just because this is what people say you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. I, I, uh, Tracy, I have the free version. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. I have the I have the free version, like I said, that we use for our church, and we use it for our weekly e-blast, as well as for sending out like our notices for other events and class announcements. Mm-hmm. And um, I prefer Get Response. That I don't get to do the kind of mind you, we have the free account for the church, and I have a paid account with Get Response. Mm-hmm. But we have the, uh, it's, we don't like the segmenting. It's very, I've had to watch a lot of videos just to figure out how to use MailChimp's features um, for the free account, whereas GetResponse, I literally was user intuitive in terms yeah. of being able to like figure out how to segment, create different lists, move people from one list to the next. Um, it, I didn't find that to be that easy. Um, I had certain people that were, that I added to MailChimp that were like my private list that I didn't want mail with a larger church thing. And it's been a nightmare of like keeping track of that group and making sure that they don't get every email that goes out um, mm-hmm. and get response. Just, it just was a lot simpler. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Okay. And Perfect. I actively, and I actively use both. Yeah. Meaning we're, we're, we're set for uh, MailChimp at, at my church until we reach a certain level where, where we'd have to do a paid account. Yeah. Okay. Um, thank you for that further in endorsement from your personal experience. I, I just, I appreciate that a lot. Mm-hmm. Cool. So that was it. That was it. I hope you got a ton of value from that. I mean, those questions, they're great questions. We always get great questions, um, and you have my answers to those questions. So once again, if you want to find out more about the university, where we have our monthly courses on different topics, helping you to build your online business with your blog, we have our live Q&A sessions, we have the community forums, and we have a lot of stuff going on on a regular basis to help individuals build a passion-based business, something that you can enjoy around the blog. All right, so check it out. And of course, if you're enjoying this podcast, oh, I didn't, did I give the URL? <laughs> I didn't. Becomeablogger.com slash the university. Becomeablogger.com slash the university. So if you're enjoying this podcast, another thing, I would appreciate it if you can head on over to iTunes and leave a review if you haven't done it before or if you feel like leaving another one. <laughs> you can go to becomeablogger.com slash iTunes and that really does help to get more exposure for the podcast. And if you want to get started with your blog, uh, you can head on over to freebloggingvideos.com I, so, so that you can learn how you can create content, inspire others, and even change the world while building your online business. So this is Leslie Samuel here from becomeablogger.com where we're changing the world one blog at a time. And until next time, take care and God bless. Eight, 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 three, five, two.